Welcome to another episode of The Corner Booth, the official podcast of RestaurantOwner.com and Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine. Today, the restaurant industry is changing faster than ever. Learn from successful independent restaurant operators and other industry leaders as they share best practices that will help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business. Running a restaurant involves making a lot of tough decisions, but choosing Touch Bistro's POS isn't one of them. Our sponsor, Touch Bistro, offers an all-in-one POS and restaurant management system that's easy to use, easy to manage, and easy to afford. Find out why thousands of restaurants trust Touch Bistro to help them simplify operations, increase sales, and deliver a great guest experience. Here are your hosts, Barry Schuster and Chris Tripoli. Thank you for joining us here on Corner Booth. In this episode, we've got an interesting story to tell. I'm Chris Tripoli. I'm Barry Schuster, editor of Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine. And I'm Bob Yacon, co-owner of Forget About It Southwest Italian in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And there we go. Everybody meet Bob. Bob, you've got such an interesting story. We want to get right to it. Listeners are typically interested in knowing a little bit about the person and yeah. what brought them into our industry. So maybe you could start with that. What was, what created the interest for you to get into the restaurant business in the first place? Well, everything overlaps here. I, we uh, left New York in 2011 with our, our five kids, a dog, and a van, obviously a U-Haul full of our stuff because I lost my parents, my brother in 2011. We decided to liquidate and get out of New York. It was just no good for us anymore. Buffalo, New York. Believe it or not, I'm going to tell you a sad thing is that my wife and I were both homeless in 2011. She came here from D.C. to see me. It was really destitute. And I had a really bad situation. And I went into a situation in shelter with my kids. My ex-wife kind of stole all my everything I had and left me with the kids. And so I ended up having to quit a really lucrative job. And I never even told anybody about it. I was too proud, you know. So Kim came to see me and from D.C. with her kids. And next thing I know, I married Kim. And we decided to move to literally a year later to New Mexico, where her dad was, was in Deming, New Mexico, a very small town of 15,000, right off the highway interstate, I-10, which is a very busy highway. And so we sat there for about a year, not doing nothing. We had some money, a little bit of money, because the the reason I had the money was Kid Rock actually came to my rescue and gave me $10,000. It's a true story. He has a benefit and a fund, and he heard about me through a secondary source. He came to Buffalo, gave me a check for $10,000. Wow. Yeah. Took the money out here, kind of sat on it like a big fat hen. And then my wife said, you know what? Why don't we open a little restaurant? You're such a good chef. I said, you think so? She said, yeah. She goes, I really think so. So what we did is we started doing it out of the kitchen of my house. Out of the kitchen of my house, we're making pizzas, about 10 different kinds, which we still have the same 10 today. We still do. So they shut us down after a couple of weeks, obviously. It was kind of illegal, right? And so then I rented a place uh, out of town for uh, 18 months. And in that 18 months, we, we killed it. We literally killed it. Couldn't believe the, you know, the response. You know, I, I just really felt blessed you know, that God was right with us on this whole thing. And then obviously we all grew that place. And I bought a place right near Interstate 10, a great location. It was a blessing to get it. The guy was real picky on who he sold it to. And I got in and I bought it. Keep in mind, I've never put any money into this business. It's been on its own laurels. I didn't have much to put in it. And it really made it on itself. You know, it really has. I didn't have a whole pocket full of money to do this. So it was all my kids were working there. My wife worked, you know, we all really just busted there for years. And then I'm in the, den- then I'm right, Chris, you got another question or you want me well, to stop there? This is a, uh, no, this is, a, I mean, just a tremendous story. So, yeah. I mean, so, so, so sorry, but, yeah. but this is yeah. definitely from, from tragedy, you know, rising yeah. from the ashes. Thankfully yeah. that there was the couple of breaks, the family and Deming, the kid yeah. rock, you know, contribution, yeah. wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. But I'd like to just dwell on the next step. So there you are now. Did you have any training in restaurant management, cooking or anything before no. you just jumped into this? No, I, I was a businessman for 27 years in New York. I, I've, got a, I've got six years of college and several different degrees from the University of Buffalo, Alfred University and Cornell. And, you know, I, I just was a good business person, a great salesperson and who had a skill. I, I got an incredible memory. I have got some really good talent and skill. I've got a great wife who supports me. And believe me, I don't do the paperwork, guys. I'm not doing any of that. All I'm doing is having the fun part. 
this lady here with me, Kim, she, uh, she does all the hard stuff. I don't do anything that's hard anymore. I figured I did enough. So uh, matter of fact, so, you know, I'm sitting in the dentist office in Deming in our third year in business. Okay. And I pick up the magazine, Pizza Today magazine, which is the Bible for pizza makers around the world. And I'm looking through the magazine and I see there's a page in there that talks about the Pizza Expo, which is the biggest accumulation of pizza makers in the world. Yes. Uh, 45, 45 countries come in. Next thing you know, I take, I rip the page out of the, the book, show my wife. She says, I think it's that good. Let's do it. So we enter the Pizza Expo going, not knowing anything about the place and we win it. We win it. I mean, this little tiny place in Deming, New Mexico wins, wins the traditional category for the best pizza uh, United States that came in fourth in the world. It was pretty amazing, you know? So in the same year, we actually, my wife was the one who won it. Kim, Kim, Kimberly won it. Uh, I just made the dough and the, all the ingredients and she actually put it together and won it. Her name's on the trophy. So that's pretty, pretty proud. I can give her that, you know, I can, that's something a husband can never give a wife. You have to earn that, you know? So I'm pretty proud of that. So then we go to Buffalo in the same year and we won the Buffalo chicken wing contest in Buffalo for the best wings in the country all in the same year. It was just an incredible year, 2017 for us. It was great. Really great. So let's talk about the menu, you know, you to win those awards and to come up with that kind of product, even though you didn't have any experience. Um, how did you pull it together? What was the, how'd you crack the code to make that good a pizza coming right out of the box? That's no small thing. It didn't, didn't happen by magic. I don't believe you know, I, I think God had a hand in it. And I'm a big believer of that, you know, uh, he's been with me the whole time. You know, I was orphaned for six years of my life when I, when I first was born. My mother came from Ireland and she uh, left me at the doorstep of the church in New York City. And I was in uh, the hands of, uh, you know, the nuns and the Lord for the first six years of my life. And changed, my name changed three different times the time I was six. And so I was really left up to uh, left up in the air. And so I've got a, a, a different kind of strength in me, a different type of mentality. I have a uh, a different type of uh, demeanor, um, kind, edgy, but nasty sometimes and yet happy. I mean, it depends on who I'm sitting with. Chris knows me a little bit, you know, he's, he's seen me go, but I, I really feel that, uh, I just, I, I just, my grandmother uh, in New York, uh, my grandma, Yacon, my adoptive grandmother from, uh, from Roots, Italy, uh, took me by her hand or her skirt for the first, what, 18 years of my life. She basically raised me. And I've learned a lot of things from them, from the caputo flour to the a cup and sharp pepperoni to the sweet sauce to the little tricks on how to do things, you know? So I put it together here and it, it all seemed to work. I had my little thing, this and that, uh, the different type of cheeses I use. Oh my God, all the different cheeses. And we really made it special. And uh, wow, what a, what a, you can't imagine when we, when we heard that we won it. I mean, oh my God, it's, it's, it's just insane. I just, the feeling to win that is, it puts you on a national worldwide stage for that, for the rest of your life, actually. It's, I'm still, on that stage, you know, where, and my wife too, she's just a doll. I mean, I can't do nothing without her. I'd be done without her. Actually, you know, I'm just, you know, but yeah, so uh, I got kind of lucky thing, a little lucky, a little blessed, a little skill. And uh, it was my day, you know, follow up on that because yeah. as I understand it, then that pizza was your dough and Kim's toppings. Can you talk a little bit about, what were the toppings? Is this a chicken cheesy thing? Was this a meat no. with red sauce thing? No, it's traditional. It had to be, you could only use like six different ingredients for the traditional, you know? And Kim decided to go with sausage pepperoni. That was her favorite sausage pepperoni. You know, she put it together that day and we, you know, she won it. I mean, I just, I just can't believe it. You know, that was best in the nation and fourth in yeah. the world. That's right. That's right. That's, That's wonderful. right. Then we went back the next year. And what happened? And we came in third. I mean, that's, that's still in the money. I just, that's tremendous. I just, yeah, it is tremendous. I just, I just still can't believe that. Then we won the Buffalo chicken wing contest again in Buffalo. And then, uh, well, you know, I just think four. that's so unlikely. Barry, can you imagine that we're talking to one operator and that same operator wins in Buffalo for the yeah. wings and wins in Vegas for the pizza? I would have never thought that. It's such a huge yeah. market and there's, no right. shortage of competition in either of those categories. So, um, yeah, it's stunning, you know, uh, that that you could do that. Um, it's either pure genius or yeah. somebody did a lot of homework, but um, yeah. that doesn't happen um, yeah. very often. I know. 
I know. I mean, I've never seen anybody but me do this. I mean, there was a girl came in out of Washington State who, who won the first time she answered two. Uh, but other than that, I can't recall anybody else, you know. So. So what know. do you do to the wings? Uh, oh. I mean, obviously, without, you know, divulging any secret yeah. recipes, are these like some special size or overnight marinade or what? No, it's really the flavoring, I believe. I, the, 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 the one that won it every year when we went was the maple bacon rub. It's a dry rub. Uh, oh. And it has a, a literally a, a smoky bacon, you know, you know, just a delicious, a dry, crunchy, uh, bacony taste. And, it, you know, just a small alone could win it. But to make it fair, <laughs> you know, it's just insane. People, they try these wings and, uh, and it, it's just insane. We got also a barbecue bourbon we sell, dry rub. We have a jerk seasoning we sell. We make them all. We make them all out of Florida. We, we come in out of Florida. These are our recipes. Yeah, we own it. I mean, wings are, are falling away a little bit because the price is very expensive right now. Mm-hmm. And I've seen $170 a case for wings in, this, in the COVID, you know? Yeah. So people got away from them for a while because they're pricey. So, yeah. So that was your third year in operation. You saw the magazine. You enter, you win. You go to Buffalo, you win. Yeah. How did yep. that change the dynamic or did it change the dynamic of your restaurant in that small market afterwards? Well, what happened? Well, oh, yeah. I mean... From people from coast to coast were you know, foodies who really would know food were, would search you out. And they would spend literally planning it six months in advance to come to the restaurant. Um, we were actually reservations only for five straight years. I mean, we only had 12 tables. Uh, okay. We did pickup and delivery, but to get a spot in that restaurant, um, and we did more than just wings and pizza. We did steaks and veal chops and pretty accomplished. A lot of Italian dishes. We were featured in Pizza Today magazine for my carbonara. I've uh, been in about 30 different magazines for the food. The food is incredible. If you see, went to our website or checked us out, uh, you would see the, the, the pictures of the food just blow you away. You could just see it. You know, it's amazing. Really. I'll send you some later, Barry, if I could. You know, I texted That'd be you great. Know. Yeah. How did you so, select the name? You got to tell the listeners about the name. Everyone is going to go to the website and yeah. start following you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. It's a New York term, you know, forget about it. You know, it could be anything, you know, when you're in New York, everything's forget about it. You know, you've got a beautiful girlfriend, you know, forget about it. You know, you, 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 a Lincoln's better than a Cadillac, you know, forget about it. You know, you know, uh, things like that. It doesn't mean anything, but it means a lot of things, but the name is definitely New York, you know, uh, and everybody in New York says it, you know, I'm sure you've heard it in a lot of movies, you know, and to tell you the truth, guys, it's been a great week for me because this week right here is the week that I actually own that name. Coast to coast. Nobody owns, I own the name, forget about it. And I've been fighting for it for almost seven years now. Um, it's been an incredible fight to get the name. And uh, now I legally own it coast to coast. So uh, anybody using that name, but I use it now. So how many units do you have, Bob, um, at this point? Single unit, uh, uh, multiple? Yeah. Well, with the COVID, we ended up selling, a, I had a, a really a lucrative building in Deming. I ended up selling it. We couldn't get anybody to work out here. Nobody wants to work. Um, it's a real problem out here in the Southwest getting employees. Uh, so I end up selling the building and profiting on the building and taking the money. And so I'm kind of sitting on that, but we have the one location, which is really a dream. It's, it's a, a very sexy New York finished, uh, the best view in Southern New Mexico. The food matches the view like you wouldn't know, uh, incredible full service liquor. Obviously my wife is running the front of the house. I'm in the back and it's, it's an amazing place to come and visit. If you're coming through, uh, the Southwest on interstate 10 in Las Cruces, we're up in the country club. I live in the country club. It's really nice. Um, I think it's a, it's a little hidden gem for me. I think it's a hidden gem. It sounds it sounds a little bit upscale. If I'm trying to imagine, when you think pizza, we all think of fast casual mm-hmm. and takeout. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. place sounds like it's a little bit, the dial is a little bit pointed over to upscale. Am I getting it right? I'm, I think that, you know what, when you come in, you're dressed for the what you want to eat. We don't ever, you know, if people want to come in for a, an anniversary or a birthday, you can. People want to come in to just put sandals and t-shirts on, they can too. It's really that kind of place where it's laid back. Um, there's, it's unpretentious. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, sexy, but the food also, you know, you get what you want there. I, I think that the price point is really what determines that, sir. And that price point is pretty sharp as far as making sure it's a, you know, value. It's a win-win, you know? So I think uh, you'd be surprised at the pricing. You know, you can get a prime steak here for thirty-two dollars. You know, which is really fair. You know, eight ounce—that's great. You know, pasta. We have a seven ninety-nine all-you-can-eat pasta dish Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I mean, that's that's incredible. So we we, we want to be able to try it. Come on in, feel comfortable. Um, you know, we got a great patio. We have a private room. Um, I think that uh, 
I think to, to experience it one time, you'll get, you'll get your, you'll, you'll get your feel for it real quick. You know? And do you yeah. have a full bar? Is it liquor, beer and wine or is it restricted nope. bar? With the COVID, the governor actually, actually loosened the reins on it. So what we have now is a uh, full liquor, a top shelf liquor. Um, and it only costs us a fraction of what it used to in New Mexico. It's a half a million dollar investment before the COVID. Now it's 10 grand. You can't beat it. And liquor is where the money's at. So forget about it. It's an Italian restaurant in Las Cruces. Lunch, dinner, private party room. Nope. All we do is dinner, private parties, and catering. We got, li- we got rid of the lunch because uh, the, the country club's a tough sell up here. It's hard to get to. We're a little bit out of, uh, out of the beaten path. So the population of uh, Las Cruces is not right here. Uh, so we decided to forego the lunch because it was costing us overtime, especially with the COVID. You know, it's, it was a little, it was really been a rough ride. We opened during COVID. We've only been open here two and a half years, this location. And it's going to take five to make it work. You know what I mean? So we're kind of biting the bullet and, you know, hopefully things will go. You know, we do. If not, well, we go to another location. That's all. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll see. How about your competition? What, what, what are you up against in terms of uh, well, similar concepts and menus? Well, you know, there's a couple of Italian restaurants in town. They've been here way before me. I mean, I don't spit in the wind, so I won't even comment on them, you know, but, you know, we're just different. We're not better than anybody. We're just different. That We, mm-hmm. we plain, simple are, you know. Um, I always welcome anybody from any other restaurant to come here and try it, and I'd go there, too. I just think it's the gracious thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. I've been that way in New York, and I'll be that way forever. I like to be gracious, you know. And uh, I think that our, our, really our problem is here is price point as far as people who want to go spend five bucks on a meal – you can get that pretty cheap here with beans and rice pretty easy, but you know, we're, we're just not th- that place. We're not going to beans and rice in here. We don't have anything with $5. Um, you know, so we're not going to fight the five to $7 plate, you know? And that's, well, that's a lot of th- situation with anybody in a restaurant nowadays is people throwing a lot of carbs on a plate, giving a low price point, and then hopefully get a beer or wine, you know I mean? We'll make up for it. I feel that we need to stick to our guns and do what we do. And uh, it's going to just take a little bit of time. There's people over across the town here who don't even know we're in business yet. I mean, there's a whole big – in Sonoma Ranch. I mean, there's a ton of people in Sonoma Ranch. We still don't know we're in business. I've got radio ads. I've got billboards on the highway. I don't know what else to do. Now we're going door-to-door over there. Maybe I'm going to rent a shuttle and bring them over. Let's talk a little bit about marketing because some other people that uh, that we've known and have visited with before have been in what might be considered – say a secondary market, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. not every restaurant tour yeah. is in a big city. Um, and so uh, they have to find ways of adjusting and develop their brand in the community right. that they're in. So does right. Las Cruces have a lot of community involvement that you get involved in, or is there a big social media following that you have now? Uh, you know, we, you know, we have are the basic social medias that anybody has. Uh, I mean, I feel that it depends because we have a lot of outside the area, social media people. People who've eaten here and move, go back to Montana and follow us and like everything we do. I don't know the, the demographic or the number and statistically on who's literally watching that locally. You know what I mean? And um, that's a tough. That's a tough one to, to nail down. You know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's really tough. We have some marketing people doing some stuff with it, but that could get really pricey. Right now, I'm spending twelve hundred dollars a month just on the on the radio ads, and that reaches a lot of people from El Paso, probably past the, up to Albuquerque. So that's we're banking on that right now. On uh, direct mail, we're thinking about, but, you know, it's got to put people in seats. It's got to be guaranteed, you know. What about third-party delivery and curbside pickup? Does your menu work with that? And have you noticed a tremendous spike in that part of your business because of, uh, you know, the effects yeah. of COVID? Well, you know what? In, when, when COVID first got going, we did, obviously, because nobody could come in. They shut us down three or four times here for interior dining. That really hurt. And we were just getting going. I mean... I, I got to tell you, I'm still stung by that. Shutting us down. Nobody can come in. It was only a pickup and delivery out to the car outside and new location. It was tough. And we still have, obviously, the, the, the door dashes and, you know, the grub hubs and all that stuff, too. But it's never going to be enough. It's never enough for me. It was, we just want more, you know. You know, we've got to get that out there more, for sure. It's a tough market. Las Cruces is a tough market, no doubt. We don't have the El Paso 800,000, which has the Juarez that has 4 million across the way. Um, so we're in a 200,000 person city with probably about a hundred thousand kids, you know? So it is a tough little market, no doubt. What about labor? I, I know that you had to shut down one unit because just, you couldn't find workers. How are you managing the labor market now with, uh, what you have going on? 
Well, you know what? We just we just got a stacked uh, force of employees. We we went through. I mean, in Deming, I went through almost 500 people in uh, seven or eight years. Um, day here, a week here, you know, back and forth, parole, jail, whatever it was. Um, it was tough here. It's kind of the same way, but on a bigger scale. I, uh, we finally got some really dedicated people. We pay them well, and I pray they stay on board. Um, and you got to want to be here. I mean, we have a lot of fun. It's definitely a little different. I'm a little edgy sometimes. My wife, you know, she got a New York attitude about her too. Um, but we really appreciate the good employees for sure. You know, we got 15 year olds working here. Really, really great employees. They're really great. I mean, they're beyond their years. So, but it's been a tough ride, Barry. It's been a really tough ride with employees here. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to stay home and collect the unemployment because they got more money. I mean, they were given an extra 600 bucks a week or something, weren't they? So stay home. Yeah. Are you, um, in terms of working in the business, how, how involved are you? Are you still back in the kitchen? Are you still making pizzas and, and running things? Or do you have uh, good uh, kitchen management staff to, uh, to, to keep that part of the yeah. restaurant going to your satisfaction? Yeah, well, I got a good sous chef back there who's learning every day. He, he does really well. I got him back there right now. I step in when need to. I'll go back and do the protein if necessary. But I'm on the pizza station right now. The pizzas, pizzas are are, are are bones here. I mean, the pizzas have got to be right. The pizzas have got to be sexy. The, the no mistakes. They got to have the right this and that. And I'm training some guys all the time. And uh, until I get that right person, I'm still at that pizza station right now. You know, I am serving once in a while. My wife runs the bar and so serving. And so we have a few other bartenders and stuff. But for the most part, I'm on pizza right now. Yep. Is, is that your signature still, the pizza, even though you have a lot of other menu items? Yeah, it definitely is. Pizza and wings for sure. What are your signatures um, outside of that category and, and uh, you know, off the, um, the rest of the menu, any other things that just uh, people yeah. come for specifically? Yeah, we, we, uh, we, uh, we do a risotto, a mushroom risotto. We do a truffle dish, a uh, really nice truffle dish. We also have the green chili Alfredo, green chili shrimp. We do a steak uh, with the truffle sauce on it. I, I have from Italy. Uh, that's, uh, that'll kill you right there. That's amazing. Um, we do um a green chili steak. Green chili is mixed into some of the dishes, like a Christmas tree pasta or spicy sausage parm. We bring the sausage in from uh, from Greco Sausage out in Chicago. Uh, the rolls are fresh, so everything's fresh. We don't have a freezer. Mm-hmm. Are you and making your it. own pasta? No, we don't make our own pasta. You know what? If we're in a city that appreciated that a little bit more, uh, I don't think people here would even understand. It's a little bit softer than others, and I think that people are not, wouldn't be used to it here. You know, uh-huh. they wouldn't be used to it. Okay. It takes a little bit of a al dente, a little bit of tooth to know that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're running the one from Italy, but it's a, it's a pre-done pasta. Yeah. Okay, good. You know, sometimes um, single unit operators, um, once they develop like you have, you know, a, a good operation, a quality following, what I hear them say is that they just feel like they're not big enough to do some things like seasoning packages or special labeled items, uh, retail packaging. How did you get into that? Cause you're doing all of that. Yeah. Um, I just, you know what, we want to diversify. I mean, we're tired of being in the restaurant and you know, we'd like to, we're hoping, you know, I know it's a tough deal right now, especially with the prices rising and trying to bring in income from different sources, not just one source. I mean, if the restaurant failed, we'd have nothing. I mean, so we got to keep that inflated. So you know, I brought in the, I've started making our, our, uh, our sauces now. Uh, Chris, you tried it? It's delicious. Yeah, it is. It's just amazing. Yeah. I, Barry because, sent me a jar when we were setting this up. And of course, yeah. I've already eaten it. It's a delicious yeah. sauce. But again, that's yeah. where the question comes from. Yeah, nice. So many single unit operators would be surprised to say, how did you go through the process? What did it cost? How did you get the testing done and the labeling? And maybe yeah. you could walk us through that a little bit. Well, Sure. I mean, it's who, you know, um, that's really, it comes down to stuff like that. I've got friends, friends on top of friends. Uh, um, it's incredible that I use friends from Ohio, from Phoenix to Chicago to California to get this done. Um, just, you know, advice. And so I went up with, a um, a company called Dorita. So good out of Chicago. And they're a really big canning, uh, jarring operation who we become friends and they did my first run. Uh, the labeling, we use a guy uh, 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 out of Ohio, which he's a real master label maker. I mean, just knows the ins and the outs, safety, all the headaches of all the mistakes I could have made. Um, also using Greco Foods for just distribution back to here. Um, just, just all these little niche guys all around that really helped me get these made. I did a first run of about a couple thousand, you know what I mean? 
uh, each. A couple thousand regular uh, marinara, a couple thousand pepperoni sauces. Uh, pepperoni is the base for my sauce, uh, my, my, my red sauce in the kitchen. I, that's what I use for the meats instead of all these different meats. So, and um, I mean, it just came together. Now we're trying to see the feasibility of getting it on a shelf on uh, the local supermarkets or something nationwide. And it's going to cost me, um, but I'm still doing some demographic testing on it, of which you were one, you know. Um, and uh, Barry, I'll send you a couple of these things too, okay? All right. So, that sounds great. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. And so, you know, it's one of those things. We got we to really weigh the cost of putting it on the shelf versus what we got to pay to get on the shelf. I mean, we're, we're not going to look at the 10 cents a jar of profit. I mean, that, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know? But there are places that you will make 50 cents maybe. And you sell it for eight bucks. That's there's a lot of people grabbing at that for eight bucks, you know. You know, so you gotta sell millions, millions to make really good money. So, but we're gonna weigh it all. We'll see what happens. But people can buy it at lcfgbpizza.com. That's lcfgbpizza.com. That's our website. You can buy the sauce, give it a go. I uh, will mail it out to you. Uh, and we appreciate it if you could. Okay. Do you have any uh, retail distribution yet? Or are you still ramping up? No, uh, what do you mean? Well, just distribution to supermarkets, the grocery stores. No, 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 okay. no, no. We, no, we're, we're just we're just getting our feet wet on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're learning all the ins and the outs before I start diving into it. You know, I uh, we're still in in that you know getting the advice uh, stages mm-hmm. right now. So sure, okay, yeah. So, you made a that's a tremendous accomplishment already, and you made a very good point that I think some of our listeners can make note of that if they've got a unique product a sauce, uh, a seasoning, a dip that people are requesting uh, that you can find a way of getting the process done, getting it run, getting it labeled, getting it produced, jarred uh, for retail sales. And uh, we're in a time where, uh, not that it will become easy because I'm sure it isn't. It's tough to find shelf space. It's competitive. However, there is a market for that. Retailers and grocery markets are looking for the local, the better, the slightly different product line. You see it in seasonings, you see it in dressings, you see it everywhere I go, I see the local barbecue sauce guy. And so that's just something that I think everyone needs to make a note of. And Bob, you did it really, really well. Uh, I wish you the best with that. Yeah, thank you, appreciate it. I do, I mean, I think it's great. I, it's, we sold in the restaurant, I mean, so it's a win-win either way. If I don't get any supermarket shelf at all, at least I have it to sell to the customers out the door. I mean, mm-hmm. I look at it that way. So it is what it is, you know. But So other than that, you know, we're just going to pray on this one. <laughs> okay. How did you get into catering? Um, I mean, some restaurants stay away from it. Um, they and um, But the off-premise catering is something that you're also doing, correct? We do. And I just, we, you can't stay away from it because people call you on it. I mean, it's, they come to us. So then they start coming to us and we made a menu during COVID. We started making trays, you know, we made, you know, family trays, um, which most people get into either way, but we had to do family trays and go after that to, you know, to make more money at one shot. And so then we got into catering like that. That's pretty simple, Chris. I mean, you know, we used to have radio ads talking about catering and, you know, things like that. Uh, we did a Sunday buffet here, which is all you can eat. That's pretty nice too. And then, like I said, it's just getting the loyalty. You know, I come from New York. There's a lot of loyalty there. There's a lot of loyalty. I mean, I still go to the same pizza place I grew up with. I mean, the same this, the same that, the same bars, everything. And that's what loyalty is about. Out here, it's a little bit tougher to find that loyalty. Uh, some of the people from back east or California, maybe, or up, up in you know Michigan and Wisconsin, where we got a fish fry on Friday nights, you would think it'd be packed. It's as good as anything you get in New York. And, you know, we, we struggle with it. A fish fry. So fish is about that big. It's only like 14 bucks. And we can't get them in here to get it. It's just uh, back up east. You've got to call a day in advance to get a reservation for a fish fry, you know? So those are some tough things out here we're dealing with. And to me, it's blowing my hair out. Frustrating because it's so damn good, you know? It is. So we're trying to figure it out, guys, you know? I may have to change the menu. <laughs> it sounds like you're, change, uh, you're figuring it out. And that was the next question. I think Barry and I would like to hear you walk us through how you do the menu. Is it a seasonal thing? Is it always prog- uh, progressing? Do you rely on, um, you know, seasons to update your menu? I think we add things as specials during the year. And if something isn't selling, my wife knows the numbers. My wife's on top of it. She says, you know, they're going to sell the damn ham sub in, in six months. Take the ham off. That's it. Take the ham off. No ham subs. And that's how it really comes down to it. She sees something that isn't selling, and then we just take it off. Uh, but as far as, like, specials, we run – 
you know, I'll run a braised beef, um, you know, rib. I'll run that with my special sauce I'll make, an incredible dish. We'll run an Italian meatloaf. We'll run a carbonara, you know, things like that. We'll run, you know, special dishes, salt them in boca, something like that. Um, we'll say it's a special, you know, but if people really, really love it, love it. I'll think about considering putting it on the menu, but for the most part, the menu is kind of saying the same right where it's at. It is. I think it's a good menu right now. We've been changing it for 10 years now. I think it's enough. We got it down to where just everything here is amazing on the menu. Yep. We don't want to be overwhelmed too with a big giant menu and, you know, and, and, and only serving, you know, a hundred people a, a day. We should be serving 200 a day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to keep your inventory costs manageable. How supply right. chain? How su- where where you really hit with supply chain? You talked about, um, you know, we all heard the the price of chicken. Um, you know, tends has has gone up. Although I don't know where it is right now, but a few mm-hmm. months ago was, yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, where where how's the supply chain working for you? Are you local sourcing? Are you just doing broadline? Uh, what's your strategy? Well, you know. Kind of just kind of told the line and, and dealt with it. The wings, we actually took the wings off for almost six months. They were mm-hmm. literally killing us. Mm-hmm. And I, we couldn't charge enough. It just, it, it dirties the fryer oil. It's just, uh, they're just really not worth it right now, uh, or they weren't worth it. And I don't sell a fraction of what I used to do for wings, but uh, that's, that's something right there. When it gets out of hand, it just goes, it stops. I mean, I pulled the ribeye off and it got to be $17 a pound. Uh, so we didn't do any steak for a minute, you know, so people understood. You know, you, you go with something different. It's a time to change. People have to change. Oh, I don't have it. You just got to do what you got to do. You can't carry it all. You can't pass that price on to somebody and, and try to make it up at the table and tell them why and give them a dissertation. It just doesn't work. Just say, we don't got it. Forget about it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the way it goes. Well, you know, that that was a popular, um, and I mean, it, a shame, but it was sort of a popular approach for many independents where they would adjust the menu and uh, just have to apologize at the table for the things that yep. we just cannot serve yep. for a while because we're having a hard time getting them, getting the quantity, yep. getting the price right. And so for right now, we're not right. serving whatever. Um, right. Is that lightening up? Is it getting a little bit easier now? Or do you, are your pro- suppliers telling you that they think, you know, that things are going to get a little bit easier on... Um, Price and availability? No, I think we're still in that. In that we don't wait. We don't know wait and see uh, thing. What's going on with the country? You know, there's some changes in the White House that are really affecting everybody. Uh, you know, we don't know. I, Chris, I, I just don't know. I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm optimistically pessimistic. I, I just can say that that nothing's happening right now for years. Um, I, sad to say, I, we're just kind of holding on and waiting to see, um, hoping for good business and you know praying when we don't. Do we get better? That's all. Um, we can get basically anything I want right now, but you'll pay for it. You know, I mean, containers and paper products and stuff. I mean, they're killing us for that stuff. Um, a lot of that stuff comes overseas and it's just brutal. It's brutal. You know, I'm sure everybody listening who's a restaurateur understands that, you know, you know, chicken mm-hmm. breast right now is going up. I mean, we've been using a lot of chicken thighs and, uh, you know, you know, fryers because they're so cheap. They're still 98 cents a pound. So we kind of work that into the mix instead of chicken breast. So we got to kind of make do what we got to do, you know? Our sponsor, Touch Bistro, powers thousands of restaurants with its all-in-one POS and restaurant management platform. Beyond its exceptionally easy-to-use point of sale, Touch Bistro provides best-in-class customer engagement products for online ordering, loyalty, email marketing, and gift cards. Whether you're focused on restaurant operations or keeping customers coming back for more, Touch Bistro can help. And now, back to Chris and Barry. How is the overall volume now in 2022 compared when you're totaling up your catering, your dinner, your in-house, and your curbside pickup or third-party delivery? How is that uh, comparing to pre-COVID? Are you back? Are you almost all the way back? Well, I got to tell you, Chris, you know, we opened up at at the beginning of COVID. Right. We opened up, you know, right then. And so we we actually don't have those statistical things to talk about because we were down when we started. You know, we were like we got beat up before we started fighting. You know, I mean, we we did. We got punched in the nose and were bleeding before I even had a chance to swing. I, I didn't have the opportunity coming off of demi closing. Uh, you know, we had money being lo- uh, borrowed from for restaurants that were closed and deming. I mean, it was. They wouldn't give us any money for this restaurant because it was too new. We didn't have any numbers. So we got caught 
really with our pants down out in the wind and the whole Las Cruces thing so far. So all I can tell you is this, is that, you know, we, we're going week to week here right now. And we're just hoping that the economy starts to get a handle. This war isn't helping anything. I mean, people are, aren't going out and spending like they used to. They're not traveling down interstate 10 like they used to. Gas prices are super high. Do I need to say anything about that? I mean, people are just thinking twice about going anywhere. You got to understand that, right? And I know you guys mm-hmm. are smart like that. I mean, yeah. Gas out here is four seventy-five a gallon. Really? My truck is 13 miles a gallon. I ain't going anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> I'll hunt my woods right here. <laughs> so yeah, but so I don't know. You know, a lot of variables out there, guys. Right now, a lot of variables. Yes. I'm sure you favorite restaurants, right? Well, we do. Yes. No. Uh, we have been hearing. You yeah. know, the short-term strategy for many yeah. operators are concerned with things like the cost of product, um, the inconsistency of getting product. Uh, obviously, if people are looking for summer travel, tourism, driving traffic cost of gasoline is a major concern. So some people are being um, cautious in their short-term planning. Right. Yeah, there. You know, you know, you got your loyal people. I mean, but for the most part, we can't, I can't, I can't read the statistics on, on what's going on. Uh, I just got to say people are scared. People are scared. You know, there's two kinds of media out there. There's a media that's telling good things and a media that's telling bad. So I don't know which one people are watching nowadays. Um, but I pray for everybody in the restaurant business that, they can find their niche. They can get their loyalty. Uh, they can keep the prices fair uh, and make their customers come back. I mean, that's all we can do. You know, it's all we can do. Uh, Barry, we find that the ones that are succeeding are following that exact same pattern. Uh, that most of the independents have used this opportunity to take a look at how to operate better, how to upgrade their service, uh, how to use this to be a little bit more competitive with their point of difference and their menuing, doing a better job with their staff and service. Um, Bob, that's what you're going to have to continue to do. The the stronger are going to be the ones that win. So Bob, there's, there's, there's second, there's going to be a second round of economic stimulus funding for restaurants. Um, is that something you're going to pursue? Um, or are you just going to try to uh, uh, white knuckle through this with your smarts? Well, did it pass through the Senate yet? Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it, but let's say if it does pass, is this something you're going to go after? You think we should be in line for this one because we got screwed on the last one. I mean, we, we are already right near the top of the, the chain there. And all of a sudden they close the door out. We're all done. My wife's a minority business owner. I don't know if that matters much on this one, but you can qualify for this next round. I'm quite certain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We already got the applications been in and we really got kind of hurt by not getting it this last one because they ran out of money. Uh, but yeah, of course, I, I could really use it now to get a little breathing room to retrain, to redo this and, you know, recalculate some things, you know, and uh, maybe work on a, a maybe a, a satellite location across town uh, as an express, you know, and use that as a, as a stepping stone to come over here. You know, um, you know what I mean? Kind of like, oh, get, get piqued their interest with the pizza wings and subs and salads. Mm-hmm. And then when they get in there, we'll try our second location in Picasso Hills. Oh, I didn't know you had one there. And use mm-hmm. it as a, a, as a groundbreaking step to come here. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking right now. Okay. Uh, maybe an El Paso location. That would be great. And then we're talking about franchising. Um, you know, wow. I've got, I've got the best lawyer. Uh, I use the best love Fisher Broyles I'm using now out of Dallas and Houston. they got about 600 lawyers are powerful. Um, and I got a great, great lawyer there, uh, Wayne Bunch yep. and Deb Lively. They're great, expensive, but great. Um, but you got to work in confidence with these lawyers. You hire a guy and you know it's going to get it done. And uh, my lawyers get things done. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, Wayne is Wayne is as good as it gets in, in the area of restaurant franchising. Yeah, that's for he sure. Is. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Well, yeah. you, do, you hit a couple of things that obviously just picked my uh, interest. Um, yeah. Through these times and the challenges that they've had, what you've been doing also is kind of devising how to put this into a smaller express, uh, which would be pizza wings and subs. Is this something that would be small pickup and delivery only, or would it uh, be an inside dining restaurant concept too? No, I think the advice I've been getting and seeing, and you know, and Wayne talks to me, all I do is listen, uh, is that we'd like to maybe just do a pickup and and, uh, and uh, delivery option. You can maybe some tables in there you can sit at, but we're not going to wait on you. You know, more That's of like casual. A, a casual. And you know what? Something that several, only a couple people can run it. You only need maybe three or four people in there. You don't need 12 or 14 people. Uh, that's really what we're looking for. Small, concise, manageable, profitable, 
I mean, you know, the average restaurant makes anywhere between three and 6% a year. You know that guys, you know, uh, we're fortunate we made more because our kids work there, but there's not a lot of profit in some of these restaurants. You know that, you know, the mistakes just take away from profit. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. That's my dream though. Is, uh, right before COVID, we wanted to, we had the money to do it. And now we're kind of waiting on, waiting and seeing, you know, but I got good people. Want, yeah. You're fortunate that you have a, a menu that adapts to a small footprint, low labor force concept and still can be successful. Exactly. I mean, a, a really great pizza out of a, a, a small foot a footprint is still a really great pizza. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And we'll, we'll develop a concept on sizes and things like that. And, you know, we'll round table, you know, we'll do a round table on that and we'll see really where we go. Meatball subs, a little bit of pasta, nothing crazy, you know, no carboneras. We're going to do keep it simple on the fly, mm -hmm. fast and easy catering, you know, things like that, you know, you know, I hope the concept can sell. Hit some of these franchise shows in Vegas and maybe we'll get a bite. You never know. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it does fit into a growing niche. The idea of small footprint, the idea of low labor, and the idea of make it very accessible, online ordering, third-party delivery, curbside pickup. Those fit in with the trends that seem to be uh, yeah. that, that yeah. seem to become well-established consumer buying trends during COVID. Yeah. And I agree. I, I think that will probably make my trip to Houston uh, to see you worth the while because I want to see you and I want to visit Wayne face to face. My wife never met Wayne, uh, but he's really an impression, very good, good impression to me. It stuck with me for the day I met him. You know, uh, just uh, there was no choice. I never even shopped that around. I knew when you told me to meet Wayne, that was the guy. You know, that was great. I had a great so couple of days. Franchise development in your future. I get it a new express concept. You've even yeah. talked about different cities, maybe yeah. testing this in a bigger market like El Paso. Yeah, yeah for sure. We got a big following in El Paso. They come all the way here an hour's drive to eat. They used to come to Demi, two hour drive and go right back home. Oh yeah. Oh crap. Incredible. Interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, it sometimes it brings tears to your eyes. People get hotels in the, in the town to stay overnight just to eat at the restaurant that night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't tell you many places yeah. where you hear that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. And then uh, I think my wife and I have a lot to do with it. My wife's got a big personality. I got a big personality. And, you know, we try to keep this up. There was a restaurant I grew, with, grew up with in New York called Ilio de Palos. Ilio de Palo was a famous wrestler in the 50s. I mean, he was from a Bruce Lee where my grandma was from. And he'd come out to the tables. He had a size 15 ring finger. And he'd come out and he'd put a big hug on you and walk around to the tables. You know, and he was still wrestling at that time uh, when I met him in the 70s uh, as a boy in, in New York. And he ended up getting killed uh, walking across the street hit by a car. But when we lost that guy, we lost a, a big personality. And I always loved the way he came out of the kitchen and talked to everybody. And the whole room lit up. But I try to have the same thing. When I come out of the kitchen, busting balls, telling jokes, having people want to see you. you know, they want to see the restaurant guy. They want to see the wife. They want to, you know, they want that, that same experience again and again. You know, they don't want this, this boring McDonald's field this, or this boring thing run by high school kids. They want to come in to have an experience. You know, they want to get their balls busted and, you know, talk about New York or talk about the East Coast or how the Yankees doing. And I'm not a Yankees fan, I'm telling you right now, I'm not, but uh, I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> so, but other than that, that's what we try to do here. We're a lot of fun. It's got to be fun, too. It's got to be fun. It has to be. You know, I'm not having fun. I got to go. That's all. So I've, had, I've had a lot of fun in the business, guys. I have. I had a lot of fun. I've had a great support a group behind me. My wife's always believed in me, winning all these awards. My name's on everything. My wife's name's on nothing besides the pizza expo trophies. But all these things always start off with my name, my name, my name. But it's really Kim Yukong who really pushes me to be the good person and great chef I am. You know, I am. Yeah. Is it fun to continue yeah. the competition? And I mean, do you go back? To, to compete in Buffalo and to go no, back to Vegas? I think, I think, I think we have enough. I think uh, I'm not here to prove anything to anybody anymore. And, and I don't want to get, you know, braggadocious about it. I think that we want to keep, stay home with our baby, which is the restaurant and get that going. You know, and those things aren't cheap to go to, you know, those cost you five to 7,000 to go to those shows with the planes and this and that towing all your stuff along. And, you know, there's a lot to it, you know? Yeah. So we're going to take a break for a while. We're gonna we're gonna let this COVID really go away and get the economy back. And uh, I didn't go to Pizza Expo. I went last uh, last year and I went tenth in the world in uh, in the non traditional. So I don't know if you know that or not, but I won tenth. That was pretty prideful. I was pretty proud of that. You know, 
really powerful. I think it's yeah. just fantastic when you consider the amount of yeah. size of yeah. the convention, the amount of competitors yeah. that yeah. you that you you know that you just keep winning. It's one of the largest food categories. I mean, how many categories of food do you have? Three magazines and expos yeah. just based around this one category. It's it's oh. it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I know. I said to says to somebody who kind of took it lightly about winning that. I, I, was, I just, I just shake my head. I said, you, how many pizza places do you think are in California? What do you think are in Arizona, you know, in Nebraska? And, I mean, Texas and New York. How many you think, you know what, how many and around the world and to be in the top handful in the world, you're going to come in here and say some crap about that. I, threw his ass. <laughs> I mean, I can't stand that. I can't stand it. Lothar. I can't stand it. I mean, no, it's, it's, a, it's difficult. I think it's, it's difficult that it goes uh, year after year. You've been that competitive and score yeah. so high oh, year yeah. after year. That's another yeah. really yeah. difficult feat to be consistent yeah. at that level. Yeah, there's some stuff you can read. I mean, I got a lot of good stuff written about me, Bob Yacon and Kim Yacon. It's all over the internet, and uh, there's a lots of winning. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff, and you know, it's just overwhelming. I go on there the other day. I went best in in your state only. They named us as the as the best pizza place in New Mexico. I mean. Congrats. I didn't even know it was on there. I just found it by accident, you know? So that's nice. Okay. One more quick uh, pizza question. Yeah. So all of this is your preferred uh, style of cooking wood fire or using deck ovens? No. Or do you like the newer yeah. rotary ovens? No, I brought in a, a Capone double deck um, Michelangelo oven from Italy. That's a double deck uh, electric uh, electric oven. It's uh uh, quite amazing. I bought it at the show a few years ago, and uh, we've had a hell of a time getting it okayed for this area, even though it doesn't have any spark, doesn't have any flame, truly electric, and it really, it's dynamic. You can cook anything in it. Pretty amazing. Okay. The pizza's amazing. We don't do the wood because of the, the fire codes, and we don't do the wood because the, you know, starting too early, or you know, it's just, the fire's really kind of hard. It's a little tougher than you think, you know, and then the amount of pizzas you do, and you burn a lot of wood. I feel this one here is the best one for us, and uh, I like a deck oven. I always use the deck oven, and I think it's best for me. You know, the Capone is the best. It really is worth the money. Obviously, the money. if you continue to win and you've got a system yeah. and you've got an oven you like, it's obviously the right one. <laughs> it is, and we use the same one at the show. It's like about nine different ovens at the show, all behind you. They use any one you want. We we don't want to change what we do. We use the same oven. And uh, I met Mister Capone in uh, in Kingman, Arizona, face to face, and he's the one who really put me over the top of buying the oven. He's a hard guy to find. He's uh, all over the world. And by meeting met him face to face in uh, Kingman, Arizona, it was a great day. Wow, what a great day! Yeah. Well, it seems to me that with that type of deck, you would have a little bit more consistency, and you can speed up the cooking time so you can turn your tables faster. Is that correct? It, it is. It's 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 consistent. The heat's consistent. You know, I keep the bottom deck at five percent. The, the oven's at like six hundred degrees. The top deck is at about 69% of the 600 degrees. So it, it different radiates different heats at different levels. You know, when, you know, I cook them on a pan. We set them on a pan, an oiled pan, and then we take them off the pan after a few minutes just to get that shape. And, you know, it's a lot easier to put them on the pan and take them off. And then we just finish them on the deck and put them on the plate or out in the box. It's gone. You know, a lot easier. Yeah, there's oh. 16 and 18 inch pieces. You know, bigger pizzas too. I do the bigger pizzas. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't put an 18-inch pizza on a, on, a, on a deck like that with a peel without losing half the ingredients. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, as messy as it is. <laughs> as, as we get toward toward the end of this, um, the things that I'd like to underscore for the listeners, and Bob, correct me if I'm missing anything or um, uh, saying something that, that you don't think is correct, but you know, we a lot of people talk about the low barrier to entry to the restaurant business, and and that is true to some for some folks. It it can be a low barrier to entry, and then people can get into this without really knowing what they're doing. But if you do something really really well, like what you're doing, Bob, um, it's a real it's, it's a real blessing to people who want to self determine their own business and and get into the business without having to you know, have, you know, tons and tons of capital and all types of technology just to get started. And then the other thing, what you're talking about, which we're hearing um, from other operators is 
Um, there's a great opportunity here in an expansion. Uh, uh, there's there's interest in franchising without having to have 20 units before you, you're proven concept. And and there's and co-packers are willing to work with you and distributors are willing to work with you on specialty items. You know, you in my way of thinking, the restaurant business is, was really kind of a perfect avenue for you to do the things you wanted to do. Does that sound like I'm I'm listening to what you've been saying? Yeah. It is. And, you know, we, 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 you know, let's start, this has been almost 10 years now, but you know what? I really feel that if you're passionate and you have uh, the skill and the, and the know-how, a little bit of capital behind you, I think, you know, anything's possible. You know, if your followers are loyal, uh, you got a good family presence, you know, and we did our children. I, I had a daughter graduate from the Culinary Institute of America uh, oh. out, of the, out of the restaurant and in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. She's a great chef in New York. Now she works for Russ Salvatore up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, and, you know, she's great. I got a, a great son who's uh, one of the fastest runners in America uh, out of high school, top 500. I got another daughter, Princeton, New Jersey, uh, another great student who just got back into Rutgers. And, and so I got great kids uh, who I followed in the restaurant. I, I never let them out of my site. Uh, it's a great place for kids to grow up and they learn a lot of value. You know, mm-hmm. yep, I'm really proud of everybody in my family. Yep. Wonderful. Well, Bob, I, I, we're very, very happy that you were able to take time today and share your story, which is a very interesting story. And to share your uh, commitment that you have to the industry, we're so pleased uh, with the acceptance of your product uh, and with the uh, pearls of wisdom that you've shared for the other independent operators. That if, if they can stay passionate yeah. and hardworking with what they're working on, maybe yeah. they can have the same level of success. This has been wonderful. Thank you, guys. And anybody who wants to reach me or ask me another question could do it lcfgbpizza.com, lcfgbpizza.com. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Be well, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. We'd like to thank Touch Bistro for sponsoring this episode. Touch Bistro provides an all-in-one POS and restaurant management platform for venues of all sizes, from food trucks to fine dining. Go to touchbistro.com to find out how Touch Bistro can solve your restaurant technology challenges today. Thank you for joining us on The Corner Booth. We'll be back next Tuesday with more inspiration, insights, and industry best practices to help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business.